Glory to God. Open your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 9. And actually, I want to read three portions of Scripture that address something similar. Uh, we're going to begin talking about nothing is impossible, but that has to be qualified. So, Mark chapter 9, and then we're going to see another scripture in Mark chapter 10, and then I'm going to see one more in Luke chapter 1. Now, that may be all we get to. We may see some more today. We'll see what the, how the Spirit of God leads and instructs us. And I'm trusting Him to teach us and to guide us in this. See, you're not here in the studio watching me, but actually all I have is those three scriptures written down. I got a, well, I got a couple more written down, but I have no notes. I just wanted you to understand that the Holy Spirit dropped this in my spirit, and I'm going to start teaching on this and see where it leads. Now, so I'm going to be talking to you out of my spirit. I'm going to be talking to you under the unction or the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and whatever He gives me to tell and to say, that's what I'm going to say. Amen. It's written on my heart. Got further revelation that He can give us. So that's what I'm trusting. I'm trusting in Him. Now Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible. To him who believes. Let's read that again. Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So he's saying that there's no impossibility for the believer. Now that immediately takes you out of the realm of impossibility. And puts you over into a realm, that is, if you're a believer, if you're a believing one, it puts you over into the realm where the impossible becomes possible. This was said in reference to a healing and a deliverance. In Mark chapter 10, all right, that was Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Now Mark chapter 10, verse 27 but Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. So, men that are not believing, to them it's impossible. Because you notice he said, With men it's impossible. But over here, Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now that's to the believer, all things are possible. You should underline those four words. All things are possible. Amen. To the believer. And then notice here in chapter 10 and verse 27, he says again, with God, all things are possible. So this tells me that the believer or believing or using faith gets got God involved with you. Now look at it again. With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible 
So you have that phrase, all things are possible in two different settings. But one is speaking about what you, as a believer, believe. And the other one is speaking about what God does. Hallelujah. Now let's go to the other scripture in Luke chapter 1. Verse, oh, let's read verse 37. This is the angel speaking to Mary. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now you have to, again, nothing will be impossible. All things are possible. But you have to qualify it. It's with God. And it's if you believe. (laughs) If you trust. If you obey him. If you are faithful to him. If you uh, do not doubt. In Mark chapter 11... Verse 23, verse 22, Jesus said, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say unto you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, What things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So Jesus said, have faith in God. So here we see the, uh, with God all things are possible again. But then notice that then he says, something you do. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now, that's not something God does for us. It doesn't say God will speak to the mountain for us. No. It says, if you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and will not doubt in your heart, but believe. Believe what? Believe that those things which you say will be done. You'll have what things soever, whatever you say. But you have to believe in your heart. You can't doubt. Amen. Now, these scriptures in Mark chapter 10, verse 27, and Mark chapter 9, verse 23, and Luke chapter 1, all of them tell us that there is nothing impossible with God. And that all things are possible for the believer. Well, are you a believer? Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord of your life? These signs will follow those that believe. Jesus said, in my name they will cast out devils. In my name they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In my name they will speak with new tongues. Nothing is impossible unto us. Now, this means that no evil spirit and no sickness or disease has a chance of standing before a believer if a believer will use his or her authority against the sickness or disease or against the evil spirit. Go back to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, because Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes, he said that in reference to the deliverance 
of a young man from an evil spirit. If you'll read here in Mark chapter 9, you'll see that beginning in the chapter that Jesus was up on the mountain where he transfigured himself. And when they came down from the mountain, Luke chapter 9, excuse me, verse 28, says that he went up into that mountain to pray. Now, when he came back from the mountain, verse 14 says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Well, the scribes never answered. Actually, the scribes, it says uh, from the New King James Version, they were disputing or they were fussing. They were arguing with them. Well, something led them into an argument. And this is important because you'll see here something that will absolutely get you into a place where you can receive God's healing power in your own body. And nothing will be impossible unto you. Now, do you understand that these scriptures that we've read means that there's no sickness and no disease that is impossible to be healed from? You can be healed from any infirmity, any sickness. And you'll see this as we go on in, into this study. It'll begin to point out to you that I don't care what kind of sickness or disease may have attacked your body. There is healing and there is miracle power available to make you completely well and make you whole. And if you have a sickness in your body, you get prepared to be healed and to be well. There is no distance in the Spirit. And as I speak the command of faith, and as I pray for you, God's healing power will be released right where you are. So they were fussing and they were arguing, the scribes, with the disciples. Now, we're going to find out why. Why were they fussing? Now, Jesus didn't say, now, why are you fussing? He said, why are you what are you discussing with them? He wouldn't even give it the time of day. And then in verse 17, he said, then one of the crowd. Now, did you notice that? That it wasn't the scribes. It was one from the crowd answered and said, now this was the one that had the guts to tell him what was going on. He said, teacher, now you're going to find out who this person is. I brought my son who has a mute spirit. Now notice what the father called this sickness or this disease or this malfunction in the body. He called it a mute spirit. This is interesting because it tells us that even the people of that day understood, or a lot of them understood, especially among the Jews, that sickness and disease was often, and especially if they had ever heard the ministry of Jesus, they knew that sickness and disease was always the oppression of the devil, but that often sickness and disease or some physical impediment was the result of the work of an evil spirit. Now, you have to get this straight in your thinking. No sickness and no disease is ever the work of God. It is always the work of hell, and you have to understand that, and you have to get that straight in your spirit. That's number one. 
you have to understand in your spirit that all sickness, all disease, and all pain is not of God, but is of the devil, and it's and it's the result of some kind of devilish oppression that has come against the body. Well, a number of things are important here. Number one, we need to understand that. And we also need to understand that we have authority over the devil. That's all over the New Testament. If you've had any kind of exposure to the Word of God, you know that you have authority over the devil. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. It's telling us to do something about the devil. God's not going to do anything about the devil because he already did something about the devil when he uh, raised Jesus from the dead and Jesus was given all authority in heaven and in earth and actually through conquest. He defeated all of hell and death and he defeated Satan. And according to Ephesians chapter 1, that authority and that dominion has been transferred to the church. Well, you're part of the church. You're part of the body of Christ. On the earth, if you've been born again, and you have authority to stand against the devil in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, these signs will follow those that believe. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. In my name, you'll cast out demons. (laughs) The devil doesn't have a chance against a believer that understands his authority in Christ, his authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. These people understood that. And I want to read to you a scripture that just came up in my spirit. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Now, this is a summary through the apostle Peter of the ministry of Jesus Now get a hold of what he's saying. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. This is a a, a really important scripture coming out of the mouth of this apostle of God by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And he said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now notice that the anointing that was given by God to Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. Jesus went about doing good with it, And he went about healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Now, what's that saying? That's saying that everybody Jesus healed. He said all were, and I'm going to say it this way, either directly or indirectly oppressed by the devil. They were oppressed. They were... They were put down. They were weighed down. They were, uh, they, uh, the devil had come against them. But Jesus was anointed to heal them and to deliver them. Amen. And of course, today we're healed. I mean, we're anointed to do the same. And we're healed too. But we're anointed to do the same thing. Because he said, in my name, 
you'll cast out devils. In my name, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. All right, getting back to Mark chapter 9 now. Well, what I'm telling you is they understood either because they had been with Jesus or had been around his ministry or had heard about his ministry, they understood that sickness and disease was caused by evil spirits. Now notice that he said, Teacher, I brought you my son. This is verse 17, Mark chapter 9. Who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. This man that spoke up in the crowd because it was his son that had this, this spirit that was causing an impediment in his body, and you'll see what it, what, what it was. It was more than just a mute spirit. According to what it says here, it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. You know, that's, that's a very accurate description of what an epileptic seizure looks like. And I've seen people healed from epilepsy more than once. I, I always remember this case because this was a case that my father ministered in. I, I, I've, you know, we've, we've all seen in this ministry, both through my parents and, and through the ministry that the Lord's anointed me to do, I, we, we've seen epileptics healed. But this particular time, it happened almost like it happened here. And, and you'll see uh, what I'm talking about because this boy was healed and then uh, he was so still after that spirit left him that everybody thought he was dead. <laughs> well, I remember one time my dad ministering to a, a young boy about probably about 12 years old. His father had brought him to the service and this boy had epileptic seizures almost from birth. Very, very soon after birth, he started having these epileptic seizures. And he would foam in the, at the mouth and gnash his teeth, and, and it would throw him down to the ground, and he'd then become rigid for a while. And, and uh, we found this out afterwards. Uh, the, the father that brought the child did tell us, because I was there, I was there in that service, that he had epilepsy. This was way back in the 70s. This was under my dad's ministry, and I was, I was his helper. I was his uh, assistant, as well as my, my mother. So he called the boy to the front, and he took authority over that epileptic spirit, that demon spirit that caused epilepsy. Now, you know, medical science will talk about and say, well, uh, uh, no, actually, it's the brain that does this or doesn't do this. And uh, it's a problem here in this part of the brain. Yeah, but what caused the problem? There was a spirit that was grabbing onto that area or doing whatever it does to cause that child to have these seizures. Well, when you remove the spirit, the child will be healed. And this is what my dad did. He took authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus, cast it out. And when he did, now, now you have to understand, this was early on in the 70s, back in the uh, what used to be called the charismatic movement. And uh, we didn't know a whole lot, except that we knew we had authority over the devil and that, and that uh, we had uh, the right in the name of Jesus to cast out devils and heal the sick in his name. 
We didn't know much else. And we weren't expecting the next thing that happened to happen. And when my dad did that, Pyre God hit that child, knocked him back right, oh, I don't know, probably about four or five feet. I mean, it hit him like, like, like you would hit somebody with a baseball bat. It just knocked him. And, and all dad did was, was barely, he first rebuked the spirit and then he laid hands on him. But he didn't lay hands on him hard. Just, just barely touched him. The power of God hit that boy, knocked him back, and the boy with his head hit the pew. And I mean, when that boy's head hit the pew, it sounded like you had struck the floor with a ball-peen hammer. I mean, it reverberated in that church. And everybody gasped. <laughs> and the father freaked out. He said, oh my God, you've killed my boy. You've killed my boy. And dad said, shut up in Jesus' name. He's okay. Power of God hit him. He'll come up healed. And I mean, that boy laid in the floor and, you know, people were with their eyes bugged out and the father was freaking out. And my dad kept telling him to shut up because the boy was healed. He was delivered. And that boy looked like he was dead. And after about 15 or 20 minutes, my dad went over there, grabbed the boy. By, and I mean, when I say 15 or 20 minutes, I'm talking about 15 or 20 minutes. It seemed like an eternity. You could have heard a pin drop except for that father freaking out. Uh, uh, and uh, dad went over there and grabbed the boy by the hand and raised him up in the name of Jesus. And that boy was delivered from epilepsy and never again had an epileptic seizure. Years later, five, six, seven years later, we found out the boy was still well and still healed. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, because it's very similar to this uh, story, real live story that really happened here in Mark chapter 9. And that's why I'm giving you these, this story with my, with my dad and his ministry uh, to raise your faith up because these things happen today. They don't just happen in the past. If you have epilepsy and you've been listening to me, just like this boy was healed here. And if you go down, you'll see that um, Jesus says in verse 23, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He had unbelief in his head, but he believed in his heart. And when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. So now we know it was an, uh, an evil spirit. And he said to it. Now here's that Mark eleven twenty three. 23. He's speaking directly to something in the unseen realm. Sometimes you're speaking directly to something in the seen realm. Like Jesus in Mark chapter 11 spoke to that fig tree. But what's occurring is in the unseen realm and it manifests in the physical realm. Well, Jesus spoke to that spirit. And said, deaf and dumb spirit, I commend you. Come out of him and enter him no more. And then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Well, that's what happened with that boy I was telling you about. The same thing. Everybody thought he had died. And you know, the interesting thing is when the power of God hit him and he hit his head on the pew, when he got up, there wasn't even a bump on his head. His father checked him. 
My dad checked him. Not a bump, not a bruise, nothing. And I mean, when he hit that pew, it's, it resounded. You could It reverberated in that uh, uh, church. But thank God the boy was healed. Well, here Jesus lifted him up and he arose. And when he had come into his house, his disciple asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? So Jesus said, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer. Well, there's two things that Jesus is telling him there. Number one, you're going to have to be prayed up. You're going to have to have a direct contact with the Father in prayer. Do you see Jesus stopping right there and saying, Okay, let me spend some time in prayer and then I'll come back and cast out this spirit. No, why? Well, he had already been in prayer. We know from uh, uh, Luke that I told you about, chapter 9, verse 28, that Jesus was in prayer up in the mountain when he came down so he didn't have to stop and pray. He was already prayed up. But now the other thing is, this kind comes out by nothing but prayer. The prayer of faith, it says, will deliver the sick in James chapter 5, verse 15. Also, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, says these words, Therefore I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So what Jesus is saying, it's going to have to be believing that you receive when you speak the command of faith. And of course, it's also talking about fellowship with the Father. But that's another subject. I just wanted to point that out to you. Amen.